Welcome back to Garage Monologues with Jay Swanson. That's me. If you're listening to this, you're hearing it. Thank you for listening. For I hope you're enjoying it. This is season two, episode six, wherein I dive into the backstory behind the app that we're working on right now. And then we're getting close to uh, making available for some testing and hopefully in the next couple of months will actually be available for you if you're visiting Paris to plan your trip to use it while you're here on the ground. And it's got a long ways to go, lots of growth and change. There's a lot, it's really exciting, but we might have something for you soon. Today's episode is going into the backstory behind where this has all been coming from for years and years. I've been working on this for a really, really long time. Referred to it as one of the secret projects for a really long time. And I just never really told the story publicly before. So that's what this episode is all about, about five or six months ago. So if you want to listen to episodes like this, I mean, you would have known about this five or six months ago. If you were a patron and you were listening to my podcast there, you'd have access to the members only feed. And if you're hearing this message that I'm giving you right now, it means you're not on the members only feed. So if you'd like to get these messages, these messages, if you'd like to get these episodes a full season ahead of everybody else, then jump on Patreon right now at patreon.com slash jswanson. You have a whole season's worth of content to catch up on if you'd like to get caught up on the podcast. And uh, of course, more episodes coming out here soon. I just did one with my buddy Mark, Mark Schreim, uh, a surgeon and American ninja warrior passing through Paris. And hopefully soon, my plan is to have my dad on the podcast, which would be also really good. And if you like my dad, as I do, hopefully you'll enjoy that too. But in any case, you'll be able to hear both of those episodes and any others that come out in the near future in the next six months. Uh, so no worries there. Thanks for listening. And now, with no further ado, on to this episode explaining the game, the history behind it, and how it's turned into something a little bit different today. Hello and welcome back to Garage Monologues episode something season two. I don't remember what, I think it's episode five or six. We're doing a, a double, a back-to-back monologue since we did back-to-back interviews. And this is the episode in which I'm going to try and uh, tell you a little bit of the history of the app and the game and what's going on there. There are certain details that I'm going to keep to myself for now just because it's sensible to keep some stuff uh, to myself, both uh, just because we're working on figuring a few things out and also because it's fun to keep the mystery alive and also I'm not really worried about like competition or anything like that I think that ideas are a dime a dozen and at the end of the day what distinguishes a good idea from a non-idea is execution and that is the challenge that is before me right now execution and I feel very excited to jump into it a little bit overwhelmed by it a little bit uh a little yeah nervous but mostly excited. And then I'm going to try and reframe the nerves as also excitement. Um, so the for the last, man, since I first lived here, um, so it's been a decade in my brain, I always imagined sharing how to get around Paris, how to see the city, basically how do I turn the tour guiding that I was doing for friends and family when they came into a game, like a self-guided, self, self-fulfilling joyful prophecy of uh, guaranteed happiness in Paris if you're coming as a visitor. And that has evolved into a couple of different forms over time, but I always imagined it as being a thing. I called it a travel unlock originally. I owned, I think I still own the URL uh, for travel unlock. And that's why I called it travel unlock was because the uh, website was available or the domain name was available. Not the best name. Uh, and I have since changed the name of the game um, since then, but in the interim, 
I just kind of went through and, you know, those original um, videos that I made way back in the day about like how to get around Paris and see all the big sites quickly, how to, um, you know, use the metro, all the stuff that I did long before I was daily vlogging. Uh, this is like 2000, I think 13, 2014, maybe even before that, it might've been 2012, 2013. Um, I was trying to figure out how do I turn that into like a tour, uh, into a game, into like, and you would only get credit for actually going to those locations. And so even then it was very like geo-localized. Like I was like, okay, well, if you, you, in order to earn points, earn credit, whatever, you have to actually go to the locations. And, you know, when you get there, you get more information about them. You get a little story and so forth. And it was the basic skeleton of an idea. I still think it's good, um, but it's developed since then. So you may remember, if you've been watching for a long time, you may remember that um, back in, I guess, 2018, probably, we made an analog game, right? So we made what we called the game because we didn't have a name for it really then, and it was just for fun. was kind of a, a, a test because I was looking at getting help. I was talking to a friend who is a developer at YouTube, and I was asking him if he would be interested in joining me, and he liked the ideas that I had, but you know, the golden handcuffs of a job like developing for someone like uh, Google or, well, YouTube. Hard to get away from, so I couldn't really steal them. And developers are expensive beyond that. So not only, um, yeah, it's just it's just a really, really uphill climb to get something made if you're not a developer yourself. And I was trying to learn. I've definitely, do I dove into C Sharp multiple times. I was learning how to code uh, in Unity, which is a game engine. Um, which was a lot of fun. I really enjoy because I love 3D modeling. I've done uh, a, a little bit in the past. I I enjoy coding to some degree, although I'm not a, a gifted or, you know, I'm not a coder. Uh, but I've definitely uh, gone through many, many tutorials and learned the basics. And I definitely would like to go back and re-engage with that. So I was doing that on my own, but like at the end of the day, you can only do so much. And really what I'm, what I bring to the table is content creation, like the, the quality, hopefully of the content on the ground, the information that you have when you're here in Paris, me, um, personality and so forth, uh, vision for the business. Like I bring a lot to the table. The one thing I'm really lacking is the technical know-how and the time to do it. Because I would, I would love to, again, at some point I'll sit down and I'll really learn how to code because I really want to. I just don't have the time. And you, in building any form of a business or just a life in general, a lot of that's saying no, right? Like you have to figure out where, am I, where are my strengths? What am I offering to this? And how do I uh, get help for all the stuff that would be better served by somebody else? Not even that uh, I don't want to do or that I wouldn't enjoy doing, but sometimes it's really like, well, someone else is going to do this better. I'm going to do this part better. So let me focus on that. So he was, he was interested, but he was like, you know, why don't you, you should do some testing, which is not what I really wanted to hear, but he's like, you should test the idea and see how it goes. Like try to come up with a way of doing it without an app. And so that's where the game came from. I actually remember talking to him. I was at, um, the, this hotel, I think it was the, the, the Davenport tower or something downtown, uh, Spokane, Washington. I was back visiting family and uh, I remember talking to him in the hallway about it and I was pretty disappointed because I was like oh man I really thought he was going to come on board and I tend to want to just d dive right in you know like I want let's just build the thing that's how I've been for a long time this has changed however I at the time was like we should just go fully in like this idea is so great let's just do it 
Uh, and wisely, he told me to go test it. Like, does, does anybody even want to do something like this? So when I got back to Paris, I kind of worked out, okay, like I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, uh, come up with a way of roping people into something like a scavenger hunt, let's say, around Paris. Because the, the actual game elements that I had imagined and that I have continued to imagine aren't really possible in an analog form. Um, some of them are, like you could do some of them that way, but like really controlling the experience and making it something interactive is hard. And especially because the goal for me isn't to get you to play a game, like to stare at your phone. It's to play a game with the city. Like I want you to actually pay more attention to the city around you to, to explore more, to see more, to appreciate Paris in a way that you wouldn't without this game. That's, that's really the goal. Like it's, it's, it is a, a tool to better explore and enjoy the city. It's not meant to supersede that experience or to replace it in any way. But I think that it's very possible. Like the uh, invader, the flash invaders, which many of you have seen me play space invader is this, a uh, street artist, if you don't know, who puts up tile mosaics based originally based off the game Space Invader, and then he's he's branched out from there. But they're like pixel art mosaics that he puts all over the world. And any city you go to that he's been, you can actually collect them. So you can go find them. You can flash them with your phone. Like basically, take a picture in the app, and then it scans it, registers like where you're standing, like verifies basically that you're actually there, and that it's a real invader, and then gives you points for it. And for me, when I travel to cities that he's been to, it's a lot of fun to go and hunt for them because it takes you to parts of the city that you would never go without it. Like I, I, there are parts of Lyon that I went to or Marseille uh, that, and London, like a bunch that I would never have walked that much. I would never would have gone down that many side streets or, you know, just found myself in neighborhoods off the beaten path if it wasn't for him and i love exploring off the beaten path so it's a really good motivator to get there and then see what you find and having that kind of a it's not really a structure i mean you have to if you have a map and you dig in and you try to do some research you can build some structure for yourself but yeah it's just a good step away from wandering aimlessly on your own because sometimes you just don't know what to look at where to go and if you're in a new place you might just not really fully appreciate it which is normal that's part of travel and so that, that's one of the inspirations. Obviously, another inspiration is like Pokemon Go and seeing how much everybody actually got outside to play that. And it's still going. Pokemon Go is actually still going, believe it or not. Uh, it has a very strong user base and people really love it because um, Pokemon, there are so many people that love Pokemon. Um, and so it's possible, like getting people outside, getting them moving, getting them exploring and appreciating the city. And the idea that I have... Uh, ultimately is something that could go worldwide. It doesn't have to just be in Paris, but Paris is the perfect place to test it and to try because there's so many visitors every year. It's a vibrant city. There are probably cities that would be easier in some ways, but I think if we gear it towards tourism and people that are visiting for the first time and helping them have a good time, there are a lot of things we can learn from that that we can then apply moving forward. So Back to the analog version of the game, that was kind of what we were doing. It was like, can we actually motivate people to go into local businesses? Can we track that exchange? And can we improve people's time? Because the recommendations that I make, whether it's in my guide or in the game, in my vlog, whatever, is mostly geared around trying to make sure you have a good time. It may not be the cheapest. It's never going to be the most expensive because I'm just not doing expensive stuff in this city. I, it'd be interesting. I think we should 
at some point when if if and when um the parisian like establishment actually cares that i exist there's a chance that we can start getting into hotels and doing some more luxury stuff and have like a little bit of a luxury uh side of things because there are a lot of people obviously interested in that I just don't think it's where it's it's not exactly where my interests lie um, on the day to day anyways. And a lot of that's just because I can't afford it, I, I guess. But um, so kind of limited on that on that scale on that front. But my recommendations are always going to be things that I've actually gone and seen and done and, and tried. It's very rarely on the recommendation of others. And when it is, it's usually because I've heard a lot of good stuff and uh, I'm willing to just say, hey, everybody I know loves this thing. You'll probably like it. So we just gathered together a small group of uh, restaurants, cafes, vendors, basically, that were willing to do like discounts and freebies um, for people that were playing the game and came in. So if you went in and you said, hey, I'm playing Jay's game, they would give you like a little sticker as proof. We had little Frank stickers, little coins, um, and you would get that and then you could buy more stickers. We had unique stickers at every location that you could purchase if you wanted to. Um, and, you know, but just for saying you're playing the game, you got the sticker and then like a discount or a freebie and you ended up going to a place that you liked. There are a lot of people that used the game as a recommendation engine, didn't ever say that they were there to play the game. They just went and tried it. And that's okay. That It's just kind of like, it's hard to track that. And this is also where like doing the analog version kind of breaks down because you also can't, really do the fun stuff like what we created was a recommendation engine it's like here go eat at these places but it forcibly made it pay to play when i imagine the the final the final version being openly you know available to play i don't really want to put that barrier in people's way and so where we're at now is kind of this middle ground where it'll still be kind of pay to play but you'll you'll get you'll get like um and in between, where instead of having my guide, that, okay, so I'm, I'm jumping a little bit ahead of myself because basically what happened was that analog version was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun um, to see the reactions. Like everybody was happy. The people that played it had a good time. Um, all of the vendors we worked with were really grateful and like enjoyed it because you guys are amazing. So like whoever's playing it is generally going to be great. Um and everybody loves tourists in that sense that like people are coming and they're there to have a good time. So they're all smiles. They're looking to have a great time. Um, it's, it's just a really nice combination of, of groups of people like bars and restaurants that I love that are really friendly and uh, viewers, subscribers, fans, followers, whatever that are also really lovely coming together and just having a great time. So there's no loss there. Um, the idea was that like I was tracking, uh, using those stickers to track how many people actually played. Um, and then I didn't end up making any money, but I, I recouped the cost of printing all the stickers um, ultimately by um, selling the stickers to the locations. Like their first round was free and then they had to buy more to stay in the game. And yeah, and that, that, that was kind of just, uh, hey, can will money change hands? Will we actually be able to do this? Because it's kind of a three-way deal between the vendor, the player, and me. And then we just kind of let it go because um, the pandemic happened was part of it. It was, it was a lot to maintain. Also, just physically, manually, you're having to run around to different parts of the city to, uh, you know, get stickers and follow up. And there's, you know, just all that. 
And but we learned a lot. The, it, it was successful in the sense that like everybody was happy. I only had to cut one place out because they didn't maintain the quality of service that I would expect. And um, then, which is a thing that I plan on doing more of in the future, which is why the interactivity is good because you can tell me if the places are treating you well, so I can uh, maybe not recommend them if they don't in the future. Um, but yeah, pandemic happened and whatever else. And so what over the pandemic is when I started trying to code this together. Like I was like, well, how do I turn this into like something that we can actually have on a phone, walk around and uh, keep track of things and, and, and gamify it more because I would like there to be parts that the vision of it is that you go to the Eiffel tower, you go to Notre Dame, you go to some small fountain that you've never heard of and you get rewarded for discovering it and then you get further rewards for engaging with it or for exploring it, for solving riddles and puzzles and, and mini games and and that you spend a little bit more time in front of a church you otherwise would have just walked right past because now you're like, oh, you're looking at the statues and the engravings and you're actually paying attention to what's in front of you and hopefully you, you learn some things along the way. And of course, we'll throw irreverent jokes in there because that's just the way I am, but uh, we'll have a really good time with it. And so I was trying to figure out how to make this happen. And so I saved up some money and I decided to uh, hire a development firm that had worked with a friend of mine. I was advising a friend on his project in the States um, and the developers that he was working with, he was very happy with. And so he connected me with them. And so I uh, reached out and they had time and we wrote up a contract. Oh, I'm skipping a step. I did make an MVP basically in uh, in Figma, but you might know Figma now because they got sold for billions um, or they were purchased by Adobe for 20 billion, I think, something in, insane. Um, and it's basically a really high-level design tool. Well, mid-level design tool, whatever you want to say about it, but like it's what I was able to create was kind of an interactive slideshow that looked and felt like an app. Um, and so you're able to click through and I, I was able to create like a baseline experience for what I wanted the game to be and how you would engage with it. And then I walked friends through that demo. It wasn't geolocalized because Figma can't do that, but it was able to, we kind of went to a spot in Paris and then I'd pre created the route via, um, screenshots and whatnot. And then we walked through it and, you know, I got my, uh, responses from people as to how they liked it what to work on and so forth. And the response was overwhelmingly positive. There were a couple of bits of feedback that, uh, you know, to work on, but ultimately like the, the baseline of the experience was fun and people liked it. And so I was like, okay, this is where we're at. So the money that I'd saved up, I then spent on a uh, alpha version, you would say, or not an alpha, it was, a, it was an uh, MVP. So the, the first one was basically proof of concept and then we made an MVP trying to just like prove again that it was, that it was fun without the ability for me to really do anything with it. Um, so that next stage also went well, had some more bugs to figure out, had some feedback from people that wanted other things, which is ultimately what you're going to get, like especially when you have a really simple idea that could go in a million different directions um, and could be what anyone imagines it to be kind of a thing. You have to stick to your vision because very quickly people start telling you, oh, I don't really like what you're doing with it, but I would do this. Um which, you know, is a sign that you can keep working on it and make your idea better. But it's also like a warning because if you aren't clear on what you want and you don't stick with it, you're just going to lose the plot very quickly and entirely if you're not careful. So I don't know if you can hear the dog snoring, but I'm going to poke him because 
Thanks again for listening to this episode of Garage Monologues. If you'd like to listen to it without these little messages that I throw in at the beginning and the end, and you'd like to get these episodes a full six months earlier, five to six months earlier, make sure you head over to patreon.com slash jswanson. And if you become a member, you get access to the members only feed. And as we get stuff wrapped with the app, like not wrapped, but as long as once we get it to a place where it's out in the world, hoping to circle back, there are gonna be some really fun new perks coming out on Patreon this year. Not exactly sure when, but I'll be working on that here soon. So, you know, there's a lot of, there are already a lot of perks. There will be a lot more. Patreon.com slash Jay Swanson. And now back to the story. Cooper interrupts like every podcast at this point. It's just a fixture of this at the moment. So we uh, move forward with another version, an alpha version, where the the difference between the MVP and the alpha was the MVP was a proof, another proof of concept, but with the geolocalization, with the reactivity of like actually walking up to locations and having it, um, be interactive and then the alpha so that was a, another controlled experiment where basically we, we pre-created a selection of things we could do but we let the user wander freely so they were able to go wherever they wanted and uh, and then hopefully end up in the right spots with a limited number of spots I couldn't actually make any real modifications on my own so the alpha was to build the back end the, to make it so that I could actually build you know, locations and riddles, puzzles, whatever. And about halfway through that process of creating that alpha was when the French government sent me that. Now, I don't know if you know about it. I would say famous, but ill-fated letter demanding a lot of money that I did not have. Um, basically, the French government wanted two years of charges in advance, plus 20%. It was like 31,000 euros, something like that. It was, they wanted 20, they put it on a 24,000 of that on a payment plan. And, uh, and then they wanted another, yeah, 7,000 up front, like within a week of receiving the letter. So that was scary and something that my accountant should have warned me about and claimed she warned me about, but certainly didn't do anything to make sure that I was actually paying attention to if she did warn me about it. And you'd think somebody that can see my books would know like, hey, you should probably watch out for this. Anyways, this is what ultimately led to me moving to another accounting firm uh, not so long after, but I had to pause development on the app. Like, we stopped it, um, just dead in its tracks, and uh, I had to scramble to figure out what I was going to do to survive. Thankfully, my bank offered me a loan at a very good rate to float me. Uh, we were able to cover everything and save my bacon and that was a year ago now basically um just a, just under a year ago from when i'm recording this i think i found out in like october of last year but it took me like two months to figure out what i was going to do it was incredibly stressful and a good reminder of just how stressful uh financial problems can be which are have been an all too familiar part of my life growing up and something that I didn't realize I'd gotten quite that much distance from. And it, re it reinvigorated my desire to never go back there again. Because um, I'm always playing pretty close to the edge. Uh, just out of probably personality. But I want to be careful. And so, anyways, we had to stop development of the app. I had a huge reckoning. I had to figure out, what am I doing? Like, I've got all these projects. I'm doing all this stuff. I'm, you know, I had burned out right about that time as well. Um... I just, I was just in a miserable spot and overextended and stretched too thin. So I was like, we got to start cutting stuff. So I was like, all right, well, the app's out the window because that's just, 
it's a lot of work and for who knows if there'll be any return here um i needed to carve back my video production until i figured out how i was going to proceed with that i just had to yeah cut everything out that i possibly could and then slowly start putting it back together and I mean, emotionally and physically and everything else, like it was a process to recover and get back to place where I felt like I could get, even get back to video production at the level that I'm at now. Um, I was just in a, in a bad spot. And that, that stress for a couple months really just pushed me right over the edge, I think. It was miserable. So thank you, France, for that. I, uh, specifically Ursaf, France didn't do it to me, just their social system. Um, so I... Just kind of left it on hold for a while and rebuilt, you know, uh, dove into the Paris in my pocket stuff to be like, okay, I need to do, uh, I need to kind of lean into this side of things, try to sell more copies of my guide. Just like, how do I actually make some money here? I've never been very money focused or driven, but it's like, I, you know, obviously need it because I'm, I'm, I gotta pay, I gotta pay this future bill, but I also, yeah, I need to start paying myself. As I put in the video uh, this week, I need to start paying myself first. Like I need to actually make some money and it's not bad if I make some money. Growing up a pastor's kid, growing up uh, and then going into like, you know, basically missionary work for a bit, being a volunteer in West Africa, you know, any money that you raised had to go to what you were doing and you weren't really allowed to have any leftover to enjoy. And that's a horrible way to live. Um, but I thought it was a very good way to live for a long time um, until I realized just how much stress I was putting myself through and how vulnerable I was making myself. Like it's easy to take advantage of people that are desperate and that need, that don't have any money and that are on the edge and that you, whose lives could be ruined with one fell swoop of any um, bad luck, you know, um, even, or one bad choice or whatever. And I also grew up believing that, you know, I didn't wouldn't have said I believed this, but I definitely grew up believing with the 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 impact of the belief that um, you know failures of that kind or running out of money, having having any financial struggles and so forth, was a s signal that you were doing something wrong, that something was wrong with you, and that you were failing or that you were you know in sin or who knows what. Um, when in reality, the system is set up not in your favor and you live are living with these limiting beliefs that are setting you up to fail as well. Uh, so it's just, it's just, it's cyclical. So I let it all go. I refocused and this summer, especially, I think, you know, things really felt like they finally got back on track and I was feeling better and better about, you know, what we'd done with Paris in my pocket. Um, starting to get back towards vlogging, which has been good. I rebooted my vlog in the wrong direction and then corrected that recently. And I think we're doing well um, with that. I hope you're enjoying it. Um, it's I've, I feel like I've definitely lost some people along the way that, uh, and rightfully so, I think I lost myself. And there are a lot of people, thank you for, to all of you who stayed with me and are along for the journey uh, with good and bad here. But, um, you know, I need to earn some people back. I need to earn some people's uh, viewership, patronage, um, just in interest back. It's, uh, it's, and that's totally fair. But I feel like we're in the right place to do that. And in the midst of all this, my buddy Jeff, who I lived with um, after college and who I was in his wedding after that. And then, you know, we've just, he's a good friend that I've just stayed in contact with um, ever since college. We met each other, I think my freshman year of college. 
um, he and I, he's like one of my few friends left from college actually. And, um, we've always wanted to work together on something. We've, we've had little plots and plans along the way. Um, but it's just never worked out. The time has never worked. He's a developer. He's had a side gig for the last, I think five years. I don't remember how long it was. Um, he was working on a, a cool project, but it just wasn't going where he wanted. And so he finally gave it a, a, a time limit, you know, where he was like, all right, if things don't change or go the way that I am hoping by this time, then, you know, I'm going to move on to something else. And, his cousin, mutual friend, uh, Nolan, who you've seen in the vlog. You've seen both Jeff and Nolan in my vlog in the past. Um, I was like, well, you should reach out to Jay. Like, Jay's always got stuff going on. Like, Why don't you see what he's got going on? And Jeff reached out. Say, hey, man, I'd, I'd like to come on and, and work with you on whatever it is you're working on. Uh, and that was amazing. Like, I'm super into that because... I was like, yeah, man, like that, that would be great. However, I've learned a lot of lessons. So I'm, I'm definitely putting my ambitious game project on hold, but I think we can do something in, in between. I think we can do something where instead of trying to go out there and make this massive thing, like let's just, let's just turn back to my audience, which is what I'm doing right now. Uh, in general, it's like, let's just come back to the audience I have who are amazing, who offer so much, who, um, you know, actually show up. I already have the attention of these people that, um, we could make their time in Paris better. Like, why don't we take these people that are already looking to me to make their time in Paris better and give them a tool that will do that? I've been contacted by a bunch of companies that are trying to do similar things lately. It's really interesting. And um, I've had some conversations with them. A lot of people that want me to work with them on their product. But um, I would like to actually just own the vertical. Like, I would like to, uh, you know, make something that I can control that we can tweak and really refine to be good for my audience and specifically I don't need a generic tool that you know is kind of all over the place and doesn't really do what I'm imagining like I have an idea for something that will make your time here better that will remove stress and help you plan but also remove the need for like on the fly research that basically brings my guide to you wherever you are and in a way that um, keeps it relevant and timely and so I have these ideas, right? It's simplified, much simplified from the game, which had a lot of issues, especially I think for tourists, the game was going to be, could be fun, but would be um, not really the right fit. I think doing something more like a guide, an interactive guide that could have some game elements to it, like I'd still like it to be fun, um, is a better first step. And then the game stuff might be better for people who are here longer term something we're going to figure out and talk about and then obviously be available to tourists but i think if you're just visiting um it'd probably be more useful to have some orientation materials all the stuff that i've written my guide is very extensive like i've written a lot of like essays on where to stay where to go but turning those into interactive tools as much as we can so that if you're sitting there and you want to read a little bit and you want to see okay what did jay say about this or whatever you could but you also could just go out explore the city and then on the fly get the information you need to make your time better how we do that exactly is the is the trick now. We're at the point of execution and actually making that happen, which is the hardest part. Like how you can have all ideas all day and you can plan stuff forever, but um, but now we have to make it work. So the idea is that instead of buying my guide, I got to figure out how, exactly how to word this and how uh, we um, how we build this part out. But it, it'd be basically like you when you buy my guide, you can put it that way. It gives you access to the app. 
So I'm thinking like in terms of like buying access or membership or something, but like it wouldn't be a subscription. Like if you bought it once, you'd have it for life is what I'm thinking. Um, and and that, that eliminates the need to update the guide and so forth. And I, I, I think like if you look at like Rick Steves or something, if you, you're going to buy an updated guide, you have to buy the new version, right? But uh, I always tried to give people one update for free of my guide. Like in the in the old system, I would update it. And then I just ended up giving, I think I ended up giving everyone a free update. And then, you know, you're just trying to say like, well, look, like it'd be nice if you come back three years later, if you pay for the new information. But I also don't think, I think that, I don't think that that's entirely necessary and i would rather that people just get it and enjoy it and makes their time here better and then like we will still be able to earn off of the referral fees and so forth from within the app and the people that we are able to arrange that with um that we send you to um the referrals side of things for transparency is never going to be 100 percent. like because i don't think we're going to be able to work with everybody that i refer you to but that's not going to stop me from referring you to them because my main goal is always going to be like to make your time here better. And I think the two ways we do that are by removing all the stress and then by adding fun and good experiences. And the the good experiences is foundational. And so all the places that I recommend you to um, ultimately uh, are just going to be good. We just have to come up with a tier system because when we're talking about the referral stuff, that in that implies like an engagement with them uh, to make your 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 time even more special. So if I'm going to ask them to have a discount or to give you a free shot of espresso with your carrot cake or something, who knows? Um, that's when we're going to be like, okay, like if you want um, to kind of enter into the second tier of recommendation, where it's like all these places are good, but these places are working with us and they're going to give you a freebie. And then these places, you know, like just kind of letting you know what the tiering is of like what your experience could be um, and what the relationship we have with them is. That's what I've got to kind of figure out in the sense that like, I think that that ends up making it just um, worthwhile to maintain an openness as far as, especially like you buy access once and you keep it forever. But I also want to make sure to balance, like, I don't want to, I don't want to, um, not corrupt, but I don't want to, like, influence or, I mean, maybe corrupt. I don't want, I don't want to negatively affect the experience you have because I'm trying to direct you towards certain people over others too much. Like, I would like there to be just like, hey, I'm here, there's, here are three coffee shops around. This one is actually working with us and they're going to give you, like, a discount but these two are also really good. And actually this one over here has the best latte of the three. So maybe just go for that one anyways. Like I, I just want, I just want there to always be honesty and transparency, which is I think just incredibly important. And especially because if you're making something like this, where you're sending people places, you're recommending things to them, trust is the number one most important element. And you can't mess with that. Like the trust has to always be there. People have to know that when they go to the places you're sending them that there's a very, very high likelihood that they're going to enjoy it. Otherwise the whole thing is useless. So that's something that's very, very worth protecting, but I still want to, I still want to be able to bring these places on board as much as possible. If not all of them be great if we could all of them, because then if we can give you a unique experience where when you go in and you say, Hey, I'm, I've got Jay's guide and you like tap in with your phone, um, they register that then you know being able to get some little perks and bonuses i know that not everyone's going to be in it for that 
because not everyone cares. They're just like, they just want to go to a good place. But for me, like trying to find fun ways of making it special and um, just mutually beneficial to everyone. I wrote originally when I created this years ago, my, one of my guiding principles was that everyone wins. It's like the, the, the places we're sending people to win, the people we're sending win and that we win that everybody that it's, it's just a virtuous cycle that, nobody's losing out nobody's having to be sacrificial to make these things happen um that everybody understands like hey we're all here for a good time we're all doing business in one form or another like this is how we actually improve things and somebody actually told me recently that if i do that like where i was thinking about having a user recommendation not recommendation but like user um reports or user feedback where when you leave a place you could tell us like how was it give us like your review and so forth, even if it's just one out of five stars, um, whatever. But then in the top 10%, we actually give like, speaking of like highlighting places, the top 10% of user selected places would get like a little gold star um, that you could see. And then the bottom 10%, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't see, but we would be watching to see if maybe we relegate them out and bring someone else in that would do a better job of serving you. Um, and I told someone that recently and they're like, you know, if that's successful, you might single-handedly improve the service experience in Paris. And I was like, that would be great. I, I, I don't I plan on taking credit for it, but if we could just get the service industry, uh, levels a little higher around, that's a win for me just on my daily life. So all of this, there's, there's so much that I could talk about and there's so much going on, but the hope is that right now the roadmap is basically that we would like to be testing this this winter. I should have something in my hands this week or so where I get to start playing with it from Jeff's side because Jeff has been working on it for a couple of months now. Um, we're gonna, it'll be very simple to start, but hopefully like February or March, we'll actually have something we can share with you that um, some of you who are coming uh, this winter and spring would actually be able to start playing with and testing. Um, and then if that goes well, you know, and I'm sure we'll find lots of problems, but like if, as long as, as long as the process continues and we are refining it and improving it, if we can get it to a place where it's a really good experience out of the gate, like, and it has to be a good experience. Like it has to be really good. Um, we cannot shortchange the experience that we're creating. Then hopefully by next spring, summer, we will have something for you that you could buy access to and get on the ground and just have a great time. And there's lots of fun stuff we could do it do with it. It's so tempting to just ramble on and tell you all about the features that I'm imagining and the ways in which uh, we'll be able to just help connect you with the city better. But first, we got to actually make the thing, and we got to make the very core elements work. Um, and it, that that is first and foremost. If we can make those work, and if we can deliver the content to you that you're expecting, the recommendations, the information about the city, and about you know what to do, how to get around, all those things, just put those in your hand. Really put Paris in your pocket. If we can do that as a baseline, that will be a huge success. And then it's a foundation that we can build off of that we can expand to other places and hopefully we can then go back to my idea of a game. That is what I would really like to get back to at some point. And, uh, and it, we'll have the foundations built for that. And then we just have to figure out some other not insignificant things to make that uh, a fun and, and, uh, and uh, engaging experience as well. That is basically the story of the app so far. That's, uh, that's where we're at. Um, 
I don't actually, the, the other challenge right now is trying to figure out how to brand everything as far as like, I need to be strengthening and, and focusing on like my personal brand and putting everything under that. Something that I was trying to get away from a little bit, um, but I realized it was stupid and it was just me being unhealthy as well. The, my motivations behind it were just, were coming from a place of not being healthy and being scared. So um, Paris in My Pocket, like the video series, you know, that plays very easily into this app but it also limits us to Paris. So, you know, we got to figure out some stuff like that. Um, but I will keep you posted as it goes. Uh, as I start going out, I've been going out and checking out some places lately. And as I start vlogging more and going out and checking them out, I will tell you more. Um, I'll drop details in the vlog and I will keep you up to date. And then obviously on here in the podcast, I can go into greater detail. If there's anything that interests you or you'd like me to talk about more in the future, we can do another update uh, in, a, in a month or two. And I can give you uh, the lowdown on where we are. So anyways, this is a, a longer monologue monologue, but that's more or less the unstructured history of the app to date, starting from 2012 or 2013, basically, until now, with real development, like actual coding happening only in the last uh, year and a half, which is crazy. But development before that, in the analog and all my planning and so on and so forth. So thank you for listening. Hope you're doing really well wherever it is you are and that you have a bright and wonderful day before you. The weather here in Paris is insanely good, which is wonderful for us today. Hopefully not an ill portent for the future of humanity, but hey, why not end this on a weather-related dark note? And I will see you again uh, in the very near future. Uh, oh yeah, in the next day or two, I'm sure. All right, thank you and goodbye.